Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the eastern border. April 26th was the 33rd anniversary of the Chernobyl catastrophe, and the Ukrainian authorities have finally finished the building of the new shield. We made a Chernobyl episode a few years ago, but in memory of this monumental event, I think we should return to the subject and have another look at it. Especially since my last episode, several KGB documents and classified files about the incident and the construction of the reactor itself have been made available. And I consider them to be important enough because they show that this was not an isolated incident, nor that nuclear reactors are intrinsically unsafe. It matters how you manage them and how you build them. But these documents also give a lot of new perspectives on the causes of what happened. So this episode will be dedicated to looking at those documents and what they mean. If you haven't listened to our first episode on Chernobyl incident, or if you have forgotten it, please do so now. It was episode 10, I think. And then you can come back here. For this episode, I am using both the published documents themselves and also a summary of Volodymyr Tichy. Done that? Good. Now, let us return back to 1971. We are T-15 15 years from the event. See, in September 1971, when the decision to build the Chernobyl nuclear power plant with two units was made, KGB prepared information memo on the design of the plant and the reactors. Information was based on materials of the Ministry of Energy of Ukraine. However, it is not clear to whom this memo was submitted. Apart from providing general technical data, the document tried to analyze the safety issues of reactors and mentioned several drawbacks and weak points, like accidents with break of main pipelines. Concluding paragraphs of the document are very important because they show that Ukrainian authorities did not have necessary information and capacity to control the situation. Quote, this is a brief summary, based on the experience of use of Soviet reactors and found in open published materials, of the radiation safety issues of nuclear power plants. More detailed information, including safety regulations, organization of operation, and requirements to the personnel, is in the disposition of Glavatom Energo, of the Ministry of Energy of the USSR, and other specialized organizations. The Ministry of Energy of Ukraine does not have other information and does not have experience of operation of nuclear power plants. After four years of operation, insufficient reliability of control equipment became clear. The summary was presented by Kiev Oblast KGB Department to KGB of Ukraine in the memo of 16th of October 1981. 
Quote, During the period of operation from 1977 to 1981, there were 29 emergency shutdowns. For eight of them, personnel was responsible and other were due to technical reasons. Investigation shows that control equipment does not meet the requirements for reliability due at the nuclear power plant. The issue was several times brought to the attention of Soyuz Atomenergo and Design Institute Hydroprojekt, but it is not resolved yet. In the system of control rods, logical schemes as well as relay and contactors are of low reliability, and this caused emergency shutdowns in 1979 and 1981. And here I would like to add that we have this Andropov letter, which is basically shortcomings in the construction of Chernobyl Atomic Power Station which was a letter to Andropov himself, written in 21st of February, 1979. Letter was numbered 346A, Moscow, to the Communist Party of the Soviet Union Central Committee. Shortcomings in the construction of the Chernobyl Atomic Power Station. According to the information available to the USSR KGB, cases of deviations from designs and also breaches of the techniques of construction and installation work have occurred at individual parts of the construction of the second unit of the Chernobyl Atomic Power Station, which might lead to failures and accidents. The columns of the framework of the machine shop have been installed with a misalignment from layout axis of up to 100 millimeters, which is 10 centimeters, between the columns, and in individual places there are no horizontal connections. The wall panels have been arranged with a misalignment from the axis of up to 150 millimeters. The roof slabs were arranged with a deviation from the instructions of the design supervision. The crane runways and the stopways have drops in height of up to 100 millimeters and in places a slope of up to 8 degrees. Commander V.T. Gora, the deputy chief of the construction directorate, gave orders for the production of a backfill of the foundation in the sector where the vertical waterproofing had been damaged in many places. Such violations, with the knowledge of Commander V.T. Gora and one Matveyev, the chief of the building complex, were also permitted in other construction sectors. The damage of the waterproofing might lead to groundwater getting into the station's premises and to reactive contamination of the environment. Sufficient attention is not being paid by the management of the directorate to basic economy, of which the quality of construction depends in many respects. The concrete plant is operating irregularly, and the quality of its output is poor. Cracks were made in the concrete when pouring especially heavy concrete, which led to the formation of pits and stratification of the foundation. The approach roads to the Chernobyl atomic power station are in a disastrous condition. The construction of the third high power line is being delayed, which might lead to a restriction of the use of the capabilities of the second power unit. 170 people received work-related injuries during three quarters of 1978 as a result of insufficient monitoring of the conditions of the safety equipment, and the loss of working time was 3,366 man-days. The Communist Party of Ukraine Central Committee has been informed of the substance of these violations by the Committee for State Security. This is reported for purposes of information. Chairman of Committee, Signature, Yuri Andropov. So, this is Andropov's letter to the Communist Party's higher-ups in 1979, which is already, already fun in itself. In a special information of October 1984 document entitled Main Engineering and Technical Faults of Chernobyl Nuclear Power Plant Units Resulting from Design, a summary of problems was reported to the KGB of Ukrainian SSR, and I quote here. In the process of counterintelligence measures, we conducted analysis of the reliability of the work of the Chernobyl nuclear power plant. 
The first and second units are less reliable in terms of environmental safety, because in the case of the break of main pipelines with diameter more than 300 millimeters, the systems of emergency shutdown and safety will not secure the localization of cooler, and this will lead to radioactive contamination of the area. The system of cooling of main circulation pumps is insufficient, lower than norms by approximately 39%. The designer, Hydroproject Institute, was notified on this after the analysis of experience with Unit 1, but even on Units 5 and 6 that are now under construction, these comments are not taken into account. Because these and similar problems can lead to emergency situations, we officially notified the management of the Chernobyl nuclear power plant in August with the recommendation to tackle these faults. Until now, necessary measures have not been implemented. There were numerous reports by different KGB departments on unsatisfactory quality of design of Chernobyl nuclear power plant units, as well the quality of construction works. Altogether, seven documents from 1976 to 1986 are published. These reports were submitted to higher levels of KGB and to the Ukrainian state and party authorities. Often, the reported faults were howling. And yeah, one of them, the document that I just read to you, but still, KGB also reported of the bad quality of welding of main pipelines, which anyway were accepted and installed, of faulty equipment supplied by numerous factories from all over the USSR, there were permanent violations of technical rules during concrete works, roofing, and welding. Yeah, and I read you the nice documents under the Central Committee too by Adropov. Some violation demonstrated negligence of technical requirements during construction of Unit 5. Instead of small rock fraction, 5 to 20 millimeters, a fraction of 20 to 40 millimeters was used, and this did not allow filling of reinforcement of the floor and ceiling, which had to carry about 1,000 tons of equipment, the steam separators. The problem wasn't covered in time, but hundreds of square meters of concrete had to be replaced. And then I want to talk about uh, the nuclear accident of 9th of September 1982. On 10th of September 1982, a report of KGB department in Kiev and Kiev Oblast was submitted of to KGB of Ukraine and USSR about the nuclear accident at reactor number 1 of Chernobyl nuclear power plant. Rupture of 1,640 technological channels. KGB reported that there was no contamination of the plant and that estimated 5 days are needed for repair. In the next document, more full and severe picture of the accident appears. Already on 13th of September, document 10, detailed technical information was presented. Channels stainless steel pipe diameter 88 mm with walls of 4 mm thick broke up at the depth of 9.6 meters from the top, and granite blocks near the rupture were washed out by water and steam to the diameter of 170 mm and a surface area of 660 to 670 mm. Fuel was washed into this hall. Estimated time needed for repair, 10 days. Quote, According to the statement of the director of nuclear power plant Biruhanov and chief engineer Akinifiev, zirconium casing of the fuel was not destroyed, so there was no radioactive contamination of technological chambers. High levels of radioactive contamination inside the reactor building and around it were reported in the 14th of September. It was also reported that fuel was sucked into the washed-out hole during repair works. Gamma level in some chambers of gas contour and drainage systems was 1,000 micro-rengens per second. Radioactive aerosols were also released through ventilation stack and gamma levels on the surface near the station in some point were 0.01 to 0.02 micro-rems per second. Quote, administration of the nuclear power plant started decontamination measures. Concrete and asphalt surfaces are covered with soil and leaves, etc. 
The full picture of the consequences of the accident was reported to the head of KGB of Ukraine on the 13th of October 1982, and subsequently to the first secretary of the Communist Party of Ukraine. These reports were based on the findings of commissions organized by the nuclear industry, including specialists from Chernobyl and Pripyat, as well from Moscow Institutes, and Academy of Science of Ukrainian SSR, created by the decision of the Minister of Energy of Ukr SSR V. Skilavrov. Commission of Nuclear Industry investigated radioactive contamination near the plant itself, an insanitary protection zone of nuclear power plant, which is a 3-kilometer radius, and observed zone, which is 35-kilometer radius. The distance of pollution reached 5 kilometers from the stack of the plant in the southern-southern-western direction, and 14 kilometers in the north-northeastern direction. As of 10th of September, levels of radiation in the sanitary protection zone varied between 0 to 0.3 microrems per second. By 25th of October, the levels of radiation dropped by 1.8 times. Various fission nuclides were detected in samples and iodine was detected in the air at the levels of 10 to 14 CIs per liter. The conclusion of the commission states, quote, The radioactivity of air and the density of radioactive explosions as of 25th of October does not differ from parameters characteristic for the normal regime of exploitation of the nuclear power plant. During repair works on Unit 1 and operation of two units at full capacity, radionuclides were not detected in discharge water and in cooling lagoon. On contaminated territory in south-southwest direction, hot particles were detected with an activity between 5 times to 10 minus 8th and 2 times 10th minus 7th CI. Uranium was identified in these particles. The commission concluded that there is no need for implementation of measures envisaged by the temporary guidelines for protection of population in case of nuclear accidents, approved on the 18th of December 1980. The group of scientists from the Laboratory of Biophysics of the Institute of Nuclear Research of the Academy of Science of Ukrainian SSR came to somewhat different conclusions. They measured the beta activities of soil samples, which is between 2 times 6 to the 10th minus 9th to the 2 times 23 times 10 to the minus 7th. Fission radionuclides, as well as products of activation, were detected in these samples. Near Chistogalovka village, located at 5 kilometers from nuclear power plant in south-southwest direction, hot particles were registered, with activities up to 10-7 CI, which is hundreds of times higher than permissible levels. Radioactivity caused by the accident and the following deactivation was registered in the cooling lagoon and bottom sediments. In the opinion of this commission, hot particles could lead to serious, even lethal consequences. This requires further analysis and decisions regarding liquidation of hot particles, and this decision depends on the third main directorate of the Ministry of Health of the USSR. Members of the commission reported that their findings would be presented through the Minister of Energy and the President of the Academy of the Central Committee of the Communist Party of Ukraine and the Council of Ministers of Ukraine. Similar report was indeed submitted to the first secretary of the Central Committee of the Communist Party of Ukraine, Viktor Sherbitsky, on 5th of November 1982, as top secret personally. It was added that situation at the power plant and the vicinity is normal, no facts of panic and rumors. Another report of October 1984 provided still more details. Quote, the reason for disaster was an overheating of the channel due to insufficient flow of cooling water. During the accident, a large volume of water, more than 200 tons, permeated the graphite core of the reactor. So, this is what happened before, and this whole information was about the accident that happened on 1982. And as we can see here, scientists clearly declare that, hey, 
this is really bad and might kill some people, but the guys at the power plant are like, chillax, it's all pretty cool, nothing's gonna happen. So that's great already. But there are some more interesting documents. But before I read those documents of the post-disaster period, which is concerning the big catastrophe of the 26th of April and its immediate consequences, I would like to read to you some excerpts from the Gorbachev's speech about this whole incident and why, even though Gorbachev started the perestroika, there are some reasons why he might have not been as good guy as um, some would think that he actually is. The following are excerpts from Mikhail Gorbachev's television address on the evening of the Chernobyl nuclear accident as distributed in translation by the Soviet press agency TASS. And this comes from the New York Times, and this was published on May 15, 1986. And this is not the full speech, but these excerpts should reveal something. Quote, Good evening, comrades. As you all know, a misfortune has befallen us. The accident at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant. It has painfully affected Soviet people and caused the anxiety of the international public. For the first time ever, we encountered in reality such a sinister force as nuclear energy that has escaped control. Uh, side note, obviously not. So, what did happen? As specialists report, the reactor's capacity suddenly increased during a scheduled shutdown of the fourth unit. The considerable emission of steam and subsequent reaction resulted in the formation of hydrogen, its explosion damaged to the reactor and the associated radioactive release. And following is just the best line of the speech if you have listened to this episode so far. <clears throat> it is yet early to pass final judgment on the causes of the accident. All aspects of the problem, design, projecting, operation, and technical, are under the close scrutiny of the government commission. It goes without saying that when the investigation of the accident is completed, all the necessary conclusions will be drawn and measures will be taken, ruling out a repetition of anything of this sort. And then following on. The seriousness of the situation was obvious. It was necessary to evaluate it urgently and completely. And as soon as we received reliable initial information, it was made available to the Soviet people and sent through diplomatic channels to the governments of foreign countries. In the situation that had taken shape, we considered it our top priority duty, a duty of special importance to ensure the safety of the population and provide effective assistance to those who had been affected by the accident. If you have listened to my first Chernobyl episode, you will know that this is a complete lie, with uh, children's festivals marching around the city and Soviet TV showing cartoons on the air. Carrying on. The inhabitants of the settlement near the station were evacuated within a matter of hours. And then, when it had become clear that there was a potential threat to the health of people in the adjoining zone, they also were moved to safe areas. Nevertheless, the measures that were taken failed to protect many people. Two died at the time of the accident. Vladimir Nikolaevich Sashenok, an adjuster of automatic systems, and Valery Ivanovich Kodyemchuk, an operator at the nuclear power plant. As of today, 299 people were in hospital diagnosed as having radiation disease of varying degrees of gravity. Seven of them have died. Every possible treatment is being given to the rest. The best scientific and medical specialists of the country, specialized clinics in Moscow and other cities are taking part in treating them and have at their disposal the most modern means of medicine. Condolences are expressed. It's nice always to hear these two things in a single sentence. On behalf of the Communist Party Central Committee and the Soviet government, I express profound condolences to the families and relatives of the deceased, to the work collectives, to all who have suffered from this misfortune, who have suffered personal loss. The Soviet government will take care of the families of those who died and who suffered. 
A stern test has been passed and is being passed by all firemen, transport and building workers, medics, special chemical protection units, helicopter crews and other detachments of the Ministry of Defense and the Ministry of Internal Affairs. I must say that people have acted and are continuing to act heroically, selflessly. I think we will yet have an opportunity to name these courageous people and address their exploit worthily. The most serious consequences have been averted. Of course, the end is not yet. It is not the time to rest. Extensive and long work still lies ahead. The level of radiation in the station zone and on the territory in the immediate vicinity still remains dangerous for the human health. I cannot fail to mention one more aspect of that affair. I mean the reaction abroad to what happened at Chernobyl. In the world, on the whole, and this should be emphasized, the misfortune that befell us and our actions in that complicated situation were treated with understanding. Thanks, foreign scientists. We are profoundly grateful to our friends in socialist countries who have shown solidarity with the Soviet people at a difficult moment. We are grateful to the political and public figures in other states for the sincere sympathy and support. We express our kind feelings to foreign scientists and specialists who showed readiness to come up with assistance in overcoming the consequences of the accident. I would like to note the participation of American medics Robert Gale and Paul Terasaki in the treatment of affected persons and to express gratitude to the business circles of those countries which promptly reacted to our request for the purchase of certain types of equipment, materials and medicines. We evaluate in a fitting matter the objective attitude to the events at the Chernobyl nuclear power station on the part of the International Atomic Energy Agency and its Director General Hans Plex. In other words, we highly appreciate the sympathy of all those who treated our trouble and our problems with an open heart. But it is impossible to leave without attention and political assessment the way the event at Chernobyl was met by the governments, political figures and the mass media in certain NATO countries, especially in the United States of America, anti-Soviet campaign. They launched an unrestrained anti-Soviet campaign. It is difficult to imagine what was said and written these days. Thousands of casualties, mass graves of the dead, desolate Kiev, that the entire land of the Ukraine has been poisoned, and so on and so forth. Generally speaking, we faced a veritable mountain of lies, most dishonest and malicious lies. It is unpleasant to recall all this, but it should be done. The international public should know what we had to face. This should be done to find the answer to the question, what, in actual fact, was behind its highly moral campaign. Its organizers, to be sure, were not interested in either true information about the accident or the fate of the people at Chernobyl in the Ukraine, in Belarus, in any other places in any other countries. They needed a pretext by exploiting which they would try to defame the Soviet Union, its foreign policy, to lessen the impact of Soviet proposals on the termination of nuclear tests and on the elimination of nuclear weapons, and, at the same time, to dampen the growing criticism of the United States' conduct on the international scene and of its militaristic course. Bluntly speaking, certain Western politicians were after very definite aims, to blast the possibilities for balancing international relations, to sow new seeds of mistrust and suspicion towards the socialist countries. The Tokyo Summit Talks. All this made itself clearly felt during the meeting of the leaders of The Seven, held in Tokyo not so long ago. What did they tell the world? What dangers did they warn mankind of? Of Libya, groundlessly accused of terrorism and also of the Soviet Union, which it turns out failed to provide them with full information about the accident at Chernobyl. Side note, well, as you can see from these KGB documents, yeah, that totally happened. And not a word about the most important thing, how to stop the arms race, how to rid the world of the nuclear threat. The accident at the Chernobyl station and the reaction to it have become a kind of a test of a political morality. Once again, two different approaches, two different lines of conduct were revealed for everyone to see. 
the ruling circles of the United States of America and their most zealous allies, I would like to specifically mention the Federal Republic of Germany among them, regarded the mishap only as another possibility to put additional obstacles holding back the development and deepening of the current East-West dialogue, progressing slowly as it is and to justify the nuclear arms race. Our attitude to this tragedy is absolutely different. We realize that it is another sound of the toxin, another grim warning that the nuclear era necessitates a new political thinking and a new policy. As to the lack, in air quotes, of information around which a special campaign has been launched and of political content and nature at that, this matter, in the given case, is an invented one. The following acts confirm that this indeed is so. Everyone remembers that it took the United States authorities 10 days to inform their own Congress and months to inform the world community about the tragedy that took place at Three Mile Island Atomic Power Station in 1979. The indisputable lesson of Chernobyl to us is that in conditions of the further development of the scientific and technical revolution, the questions of reliability and safety equipment, the questions of discipline, order and organization assume priority importance. The most stringent demands everywhere and in everything are needed. Uh, yeah. Well, no shit, Sherlock, but you should have probably understood that fact when your your power plant has to shut down for 29 times in, in four years. Further, we deem it necessary to declare for a serious deepening of cooperation in the framework of the International Atomic Energy Agency. What steps could be considered in this connection? First, creating an international regime of safe development of nuclear power on the basis of close cooperation of all nations dealing with nuclear power engineering. A system of prompt warning and supply of information in the event of accidents and faults at nuclear power stations, specifically when this is accompanied by the escape of radioactivity, should be established in the framework of this regime. Likewise, it is necessary to adjust an international mechanism, both on a bilateral and multilateral basis, for the speediest rendering of mutual assistance when dangerous situations emerge. Second, for the discussion of the entire range of matters, it would be justifiable to convene a highly authoritative specialized international conference in Vienna under the international agency auspices. Third, a view of the fact that International Atomic Energy Agency was founded back in 1957 and that its resources and staff are not in keeping with the level of the development of present-day nuclear power engineering... Yeah, talk about yourself, Garby. It would be expedient to enhance the role and possibilities of that unique international organization. Best line of this again. The Soviet Union is ready for this. Fourth, it is our conviction that the United Nations Organization and its specialized institutions such as the World Health Organization and the United Nations Environmental Program should be involved more actively in the effort to ensure safe development of peaceful nuclear activity. Abyss of nuclear war. The accident at Chernobyl showed again what an abyss will open if nuclear war befalls mankind. For inherent in the nuclear arsenal stockpiled are thousands upon thousands of disasters far more horrible than the Chernobyl one. In conditions when the attention to nuclear matters increased, the Soviet government, having considered all circumstances connected with the security of its people and entire humanity, has decided to extend its unilateral moratorium of nuclear tests until August the 6th of this year, that is, the date on which more than 40 years ago the first atomic bomb was dropped on the Japanese city of Hiroshima, as a result of which hundreds of thousands of people perished. We urge the United States again to consider with utmost responsibility the measure of danger looming over mankind, to heed the opinion of the world community. Let those who are at the head of the United States show by deeds their concern for the life and health of people. I confirm my proposal to President Reagan to meet without delay in the capital of any European state that will be prepared to accept us or, say, in Hiroshima, and to agree on the ban of nuclear testing. The nuclear age 
forcefully demands a new approach to international relations, the pooling of efforts of states with different social systems for the sake of putting an end to the disastrous arms race and of a radical improvement of the world political climate. Broad horizons will then be cleared for fruitful cooperation of all countries and people, and men of the earth will gain from that. And this is, uh, this is amazing, because if you've listened to that episode, and we're going to go onwards from, like, revealed KGB documents about the whole incident, well, it is kind of funny that he speaks more about the incident itself, and just uses to slightly bash the United States, as per usual. Because, in the end, Gorby still pretty much cares about the politics. But, let us now return to the documents. Hey guys, Annette here. Glad to have you with us for another episode of The Eastern Border. As you might know if you follow us on Twitter, Facebook or Discord, our show is growing. If you haven't already, this is the perfect time to join our community, as we will soon be delivering exclusive stories from Ukraine and give you an in-depth analysis of what is going on over there. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so by going to our Patreon page on patreon.com slash the eastern border. A big thanks to all of those who are already donating the show would not be possible without you guys. That's it from me now. See you online. This podcast brought to you by RussianVoiceOvers.eu. Enjoy. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And the following document is um, May 4th, 1986. KGB's report on opinions on options of Chernobyl nuclear disaster elimination. Remember that the speech of uh, Gorbachev was in television and publicized in May 15th. This is May 4th. Let's go. Secret. Copy number one. Report. On May the 3rd of this year, we had a discussion with the leading nuclear physicists, director of the Institute of Nuclear Research of the Academy of Sciences of Ukrainian Soviet Socialist Republic, Dr. Scientist in Physics and Mathematics Vishnevsky, and Deputy Director of this Institute, Linev. The scientists believe that in the fourth nuclear power plant unit of the Chernobyl nuclear power plant, the spontaneous chain reaction of the fuel continues on the condition that cooling does not occur. 
Because of the high temperature, the graphite is burning in the reactor, which leads to periodic radioactive release into the atmosphere. This process could be stopped only if nuclear fuel elements are withdrawn. According to Comrade Linev, the reactor contains approximately 4 tons of uranium-235. In these conditions, its fission could continue for tens of years and this will damage people, agriculture and the animal world. The scale of this grave harm can be hardly foreseen. The entry of water, including underground water, into reactor core could cause increasing of the continual radioactive release into atmosphere. Uh, if you remember those 15 centimeter gaps and pipes and problems with that, yeah. Mm. The agency has ordered the scientists of the INR of the Academy of Sciences of Ukrainian USSR to look for possible options for disaster elimination and develop recommendations related to forecasting and localization of the accident consequences. The directors of the Institute Comrades Vishnevsky and Linev will propose the following options to the authorities. Number 1. To create a group for developing science-based engineering solutions regarding the cooling of the reactor core, its encapsulation, or the withdrawal of the fuel elements. This group should include the leading physicists of the INR, the Krakow Institute of Physics and Technology, and scientists from the Institute of Engineering, Thermophysics, of the Academy of Sciences of Ukraine and USSR. Number 2. Temporarily, stop the planned research activities of INR and on the site of this institute to create the Center for Elaboration Measures and Recommendations on Localization of Accident Consequences. This center should involve scientists from institutes of general, physical and inorganic chemistry, molecular biology and genetics, plant physiology, botany, oncology and other research areas. The recommendations of this center should include the following elements. A procedure for protection against food contamination and the securing of food supply for the population of Kiev city and Kiev region. Organization and maintenance of protection for workers in the facilities and offices in Kiev city against radiation contamination of the workrooms through air conditioners, water inlets, air intakes, ventilation systems, cooling circuits, etc. Forecasting of the situation for undertaking preventive activities for the protection of the population, children and pregnant women in Kiev city and flashpoints in the region. Defining the dangerous spaces for agriculture and describing measures for monitoring radiation of food. Currently, the IRN of the Academy of Sciences of Ukrainian SSR has created two laboratories for environmental radiation monitoring of the food in Kiev city. However, the institute faces difficulties in receiving basic information from the accidents seen necessary for active participation in the development of science-based solutions for the liquidation of Chernobyl plant. Sixth Agency of KGB of Ukrainian Soviet Socialist Republic. 4th of May, 1986. Signed, well, accordingly. This already is fun, but let's go back to some other documents. First report about the explosion, and again, keep in mind that, you know, you just heard Gorby's speech and media and how he lambasted the United States and how he basically went all out and was political about this whole situation, because the further things will be fun. First report about the explosion was filed already on the 26th of April. Other reports describe a radiological situation around the stricken power plant in nearby towns and villages, inform about evacuation measures. Several reports mention radioactive contamination of food products, recommendation for handling contaminated food and other practical problems. In Kiev, four samples of bread baked on two bakeries were contaminated to the levels of 5.9 times 10 to the minus 8th CI per kilogram, up to 8.8 times 10 minus 8th CI per kilogram. This happened apparently due to use of Way in Leaven. Document 30 reports about the absence of reliable dosimetric devices in civil defense system and ignorance of population on radiation protection issues. During all the period represented in these documents, reports provide detailed information on the levels of radiation, like, quote, 
Situation with radioactivity levels remains stable. The level of radiation at the site of nuclear power plant is 0.5 to 1000 Röntgen per hour. In the zone of Lienap, 1.4 to 200 Röntgens per hour. And in the city of Pripyat, 0.2 Röntgens per hour. In Chernobyl, 6 milliröntgens per hour. At the boundary of the 30-kilometer zone, 8 milliröntgens per hour. In later reports, the data on levels of radiation become more detailed. Obviously, because the number and accuracy of measurements improved. Already on 5th of May, emergency works for protection of River Pripyat from contamination were started. Construction of six dikes, 120,000 square meters of film and liquid glass for this activation were received. 100 miners started digging the tunnel under the damaged reactor. 100 miners under the damaged reactor, which just in a report made day ago, states that, well, yep, it's deadly and it's gonna get worse. Many documents provide evidence of the bad organization of work in the exclusion zone. Stations of sanitary treatment of wastes and contaminated clothes were not operational. Personnel not trained. Wastewater discharged in surface water without treatment. Workers drafted for work in the zone were not informed about radiation levels, terms, and conditions of their work. Transportation and living conditions were bad. This led to complaints from the workers. Tens of reports mentioned cases of negligent and irresponsible behavior of workers. Quote, Miners and military men do not use individual protection measures. They receive exposure that is not caused by work need. They rest near contaminated machinery and inside of it, but do not keep up to hygiene levels. This leads to early overexposure. Again, Gorbachev states that, you know, seven people died by the May 15th, and uh, that everything is overblown, and that Kiev has no problems. Yeah, this really clearly proves much otherwise. But there were also problems with supply. Quote, Plutonium concentrations exceeded the permissible level by thousand times. This requires use of gas masks, but until now, responsible ministries have not provided their personnel with necessary protective equipment. Oh yeah, and this is, comes from the document 41, again, Gorby's speech May 15, this document with total lack of any supply whatsoever. I remember how Soviet Union was totally ready when they mentioned this to America. Yeah, this comes from the 1st of June, 1986. 1st of June, quote, for liquidation of the consequences of the Chernobyl nuclear power plant disaster by the order of the Minister of Defense of the USSR, 94 military units were mobilized and stationed in the area. These include regular military, civil defense, chemical defense, medical, engineering units, land forces, and aviation, with total number of 32,329 men. Document 46, June 1986. 32,329 men. Not 299, 32,329. These troops and servicemen were not used efficiently. Many were drafted without explanations and consent, were not told they would serve in the Chernobyl zone. Some appeared to be unfit for the work, some were over 45 years old, some were ill. Hundreds had to be sent back home. Many received doses higher than permissible. There were cases of short hunger strikes. This is mainly from the document dated 4th of July, 1986. Puts the Gorby's speech in a whole new perspective now, doesn't it? Some decisions by the state commission, uh, the one that Gorby stated that it has been created and they work already, were highly controversial, like the decision to restart Unit 3 of the nuclear power plant. Many specialists expressed their objections. Uh, that, that happened, by the way, on the first document, of the 75 dated 1st of February 1987. 
By the end of May 1987, this activation of the Unit 3 was not completed. That is, quote, radiation levels at where cables need to be replaced are quite high, up to one rentgen per hour. On the other hand, it is necessary to remove by hacking about 1,000 cubic meters of contaminated concrete. KGB was also concerned with the technical problems of the so-called shelter. Many details were unclear. That is, the specialist of the Academy of Science of Ukraine estimated that 6% of fuel were released from the damaged reactor, while the specialists of Minsredmash opined for release of 30-50%. to 50%. This made decisions difficult. This is from the 2nd of April 1988. The problems of radioactive waste remain serious as well. Totally clear, guys. Totally clear by May 15. Dangerous radiation are awful. Yes, yes. Quote, There are two operational PZRO, repositories for radioactive wastes. Number one, Buryakovka, for wastes up to 5 rentgens per hour, designed capacity 450 cubic meters. There are altogether 30 trenches, of which 14 are filled. And the second one, Podlesny, for radioactive wastes from 5 to 250 rentgens per hour. Altogether 8 volts, 50 times 28 times 8 meters. Volts 1 and 2 are partially filled. There are eight temporary repositories where radioactive wastes were stored during first months after the incident. More than 200 sites where various buildings, materials, contaminated soil, etc. are buried. Some specialists express opinion that temporary repositories are below critic from the point of view of construction norms. Clay lining on some of these storages can fail to work link before the guaranteed term, and that will lead to filtration of radioactively contaminated water into national aquifers. Document 120, 9th of November, 1988. Yeah. And now, I uh, want to continue with the documents, and these concerning the technical problems of nuclear industry in Ukraine. Chernobyl nuclear accident highlighted many problems of insufficient safety of nuclear industry. KGB paid a lot of attention to this. Tens of published documents deal with these issues. Investigation of preparedness for nuclear accidents revealed big gaps. At Zaporizhia nuclear power plant, quote, the stock of iodine medicines were sufficient only for personnel of nuclear power plants for two days instead of ten as required, and there was no such stock of medicine for nuclear power plant construction workers, citizens of Energograd city, and the 30-kilometer zone. At the beginning of July, the stock of iodine preparations for population of Zaporozhye Oblast was about 20% of needs, and in Mikolaev Oblast about 22%. The procedure of delivering these preparations to users is simply not in place. End quote. Confinements of some reactor units at Arivine nuclear power plant and South Ukrainian nuclear power plant were built and are used despite of significant faults. At Arivine 3, uptightness is 2.44%, while design requirement is 0.1%. Similar problems at South Ukrainian 1 and 2. This may lead to serious consequences in the emergency situation. The reason is in the absence of unified requirements to designing, construction, and operation of such systems. Control equipment was often uncertified and unoperational. Quote, At South Ukrainian nuclear power plant, out of 811 control devices, including equipment for radiation measurements tested by the Organs of State Standards Committee of the Soviet Union, 469, that is way more than 50%, appeared to be unusable. KGB informed the Central Committee of the Communist Party of Ukraine that there are numerous problems with water use for nuclear industry needs. Problem existed on all nuclear power plants. In Chernobyl, very high filtration of water from cooling lagoon due to the absence of special anti-filtration measures. In spite of the decision of the Council of Ministers of Ukraine of 1982, similar problem exists at Zaporika, NPP. 
at Rivna NPP and South Ukrainian NPP. Discharges of water from plants lead and will lead to river contamination. End quote. Spent fuel storage was a persistent problem. Quote, at South Ukrainian nuclear power plant, the Ministry of Energy of the Soviet Union did not reconstruct the basin for spent fuel assemblies. So instead of 162, which was the design capacity, currently 171 are stored at Unit 1. In 1987, 73 assemblies will have to be unloaded, and it is not possible to store them without violations. Similar situation exists at Unit 2. End quote. And another one. Quote. At Chernobyl nuclear power plant, radiation situation in central halls of Units 1 and 2 is very unfavorable. Gamma radiation level exceeds permissible level by 10 to 15 times, and it leads to additional exposure of personnel. The reason is storing of unacceptable high numbers of spent fuel assemblies in basins. At Unit 1, there are 2,803, while the design capacity is 1,728. At Unit 2, 2,414, and respectively it was designed for 1,568. There were also continuous problems with the reloading of fuel. At Chernobyl nuclear power plant, reloading of technological channel 5021 failed because the fuel assembly could not be pulled out neither at regular pool 5,000 kg nor 3,000 and 4,000 kg, which is the maximum permitted. Later, it was reported that personnel applied 5,000 kg without any permission. Reload was delayed by 10 days until the scheduled shutdown of the unit. Similar problems occurred on the 26th and 30th of April at Unit 1. On 17th of June 1988, there appeared problem with hermetization of channel 5737 after reloading. Factors that influenced the safety of nuclear power plant operation were summed up in the report of 16th of July 1987, which was prepared with participation of KGB department in several oblasts. Quote, during the current year, there were 66 emergency shutdowns at nuclear power plants located in Ukrainian SSR. Of them, 41 at Rivnia nuclear power plant, 19 at Zaporizhia nuclear power plant, 5 at South Ukrainian nuclear power plant, and 1 at Chernobyl nuclear power plant. Main causes of emergency shutdowns are, quote, Faults of design and construction works, 37%. Faulty equipment, 43%. Unskilled actions of nuclear power plant personnel, 20%. There exist substantial design defects in the design of VER-1000, approved by the Order of Ministry of Energy of the USSR on 30th of December 1985. Faulty decisions and mistakes continue to be copied in documentation for construction, assembling, and startup works, as well as the designs for suppliers of equipment. These designs are provided to the NPPs of Ukraine, as well abroad, to Bulgaria, Hungary, GDR, and Czechoslovakia. Document 88, 16th of July, 1987. Furthermore, let us talk about now secrecy and foreign visitors. Secrecy was an essential feature of all Soviet nuclear programs, and Chernobyl disaster was no difference. All ministries and other governmental agencies working in the 30-kilometer zone were obliged to keep secrecy. Quote, Upon the directive of the head of the government commission, requirements regarding secrecy were presented to the heads of organizations by the representative of the KGB of the USSR. When it became known that transmission of radiometric data by radio would be reorganized, KGB was on high alert. Quote, Some specialists admit the digital code must be deciphered, and this would make possible leakage of the information to an enemy. Department 6 of the KGB of Ukrainian SSR supervises these works. Violations of secrecy were apparently quite common. Quote, in the 30-kilometer zone, groups of specialists from over 70 research and design institutes work on permanent or temporary basis. Most of them violate rules of work with secret documents prescribed by the instruction 016672. This comes from the document 85, 22nd of June, 1987. 
The secrecy hindered the work of liquidation of the consequences. The Minister of Water Resources of Ukraine, V.N. Kach, complained that to protect water resources, detailed information on the radioactive contamination of the territory is needed. However, it is possible to obtain such a map only in the State Committee of Hydrometeorology of the USSR and Minsred Mash of USSR. The minister raised this issue several times after 10th of May, at the meetings of different commissions, but there was no positive decision so far, so far being 3rd of June 1986. The documents continue. Since autumn of 1986, there are numerous reports on visits of foreign journalists, scientists, other delegations to the 30-kilometer zone. Usually, conclusion was, quote, there were no hostile intentions from foreigners. Information passed to their agencies was objective. Sometimes, however, incidents did occur. Journalists of the NHK telecompany Yamayighi Toshihiro tried to collect samples near Chernobyl nuclear power plant and used dosimeter with automatic recording of data. These attempts were, of course, suppressed, which comes from document 96, 6th of October, 1987. In November 1987, KGB reported, quote, We obtained direct evidence of intelligence efforts by foreigners who visited Pripyat and Chernobyl in 1986 and 1987. These were attempts to acquire secret data on liquidation of the consequences of the disaster, on technical condition of reactors, radiation situation in the zone, new methods of disactivation of territory, industrial buildings and equipment, chemicals that are used for these purposes, and so on. Attempts to collect and export samples of soil, water, and biomass were disclosed and suppressed. Document 98, 14th of November, 1987. And finally, finally, let's talk about health, social, and other impacts. As it was already mentioned, KGB reported about the cases when patients evacuated from the 30-kilometer zone and NPP workers were delivered to hospitals in Kiev or Moscow. Later, there appeared controversy between Ukrainian and Moscow doctors. KGB reported that according to obtained information, Ukrainian scientists headed by academician K.S. Ternov achieved good results when treating patients with their methods. Professor Gale noted successful treatment in Kiev clinics. But use of these methods was banned by academician Ilyin and Major General Gogin without explanations, and the state of patients worsened. Quote, One of Professor Kinzeski's patients, firefighter Migakov, visited in the clinic of the Institute of Biophysics of the Ministry of Health of the USSR his colleagues who participated with him in combating the fire at Chernobyl nuclear power plant. He found them in bad condition, loss of hair, parchment skin, hemorrhages and necrosis of tissues at burns. They told Migakov that they received practically no treatment. Doctors only observe them. Document 63, August 1986. High-committed doses were serious problems for work at Chernobyl nuclear power plant. Effectiveness of organization of work was seriously deteriorated by the fact that of 124 senior specialists, more than a half already received doses of 25 rem and more. If these specialists are replaced, the stability of management can be seriously deteriorated. On the other hand, some workers try to hide committed zones because they can lose their jobs in the zone. In such cases, it is very difficult to control radiation doses of personnel. There are 4,925 employees at a nuclear power plant. 91.8% of needed engineers and specialists, 88% of needed workers. Document 74, 20th of January, 1987. According to official data of the Dosimetry Directorate, necessary investigations of the cases of excess exposure, materials of such investigations, are not submitted to the Directorate in spite of numerous requests to managers of organizations. Since those who received more than 25 rem are entitled to five monthly salaries, this creates a certain incentive for artificial overexposure in expectation of remuneration. On the other hand, there are also cases when received high doses are concealed. Due to various reasons, there were numerous conflicts at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant. People were nervous because of working and living conditions. Families lived in Kiev and Chernigiv, personal worked on shift basis and stayed at Zelenimis settlement. 
There were tensions about distribution of apartments in Kiev, questions of possibilities on keeping these apartments, etc. Thus, on the 20th of August 1986, in the dormitory of Polesky Technical College, where about 800 construction workers of Chernobyl and PP were quartered, there was an appeal to go to Kiev to clarify the issue of apartments allocation. Of 1,400 workers, 700 families received flats in Kiev and Chernikov, but the remaining 680 were worried. Personnel of Chernobyl nuclear power plant protested against changes in duration of shifts. The plan was to introduce 8-hour shifts instead of 12-hour. They argued that this will take much more time for transportation, conditions for rest would be worse, and so on. Active discussions among people were triggered by article in central newspapers and film. Chernobyl, two close of time. Quote, Main points of discussions. Number one, real cause of accident, whether it's faulty design or mistakes of the personnel, is not established. Number two, there was no analysis of the action of personnel, where sacrifices were justified and were not. Number three, Still, there is no model for actions of the personnel in case of major accident to avoid panic or heroism. It is not clear what to do with those whose actions had led to the accident. And number four, Ministry of Health of the USSR is obviously hiding the effects of exposure both in low and high doses. This contradicts the policy of Glasnost and leads to the neglecting of radiation protection norms, which can damage the health of current and further generations. This comes from the document 114, 8th of August, 1988. Further problems appeared when it became necessary to relocate NPP personnel and their families to the new city of Slavutich. Many refused to leave their Kiev and Chernigiv apartments. There were much protests because of information that Slavutich is located on the contaminated site. Investigation demonstrated that permissible limits in the city of Slavutich are not exceeded, but there are some hot spots in nearby forests. On the 2nd of October 1987, the decision to start settling the city of Slavutich was made, but additional measures like removal of contaminated soil and forest were recommended. According to the report of 28th of June, 1988, morbidity and mortality of population in Narodici, Ovruch and Lugini district followed usual patterns. To normalize the situation, replacement of roofs and fences, improvement of dusty roads were start these districts. Special measures for additional supply of clean milk top these districts during summer period were approved, but the request to provide additional food supply was refused. So yeah. As you can see, slight differences on what Gorby says, what Gorby does. And not just Gorby, but the whole bureaucratic apparatus of the Soviet Union. So, what can we say about all of the situation? Well, to sum it up, the most important part in this document series and everything is the fact that the documents reveal the carelessness and disregard for safety the communist regime displayed not only in greenlighting this substantial project, but the construction of the plan too. It can be argued with much definition that the explosion had been preset because of the shoddy work and this fuck-it-all attitude. And as you can see, the design itself was problematic. It was one of the first nuclear power plants where the skeleton of the reactor was not molded entirely from concrete. As well, the concrete used was of inferior quality, not the required brand. The pouring of the concrete was not up to specs either, there were cracks and gaps between the blocks, as we heard. This is what led to the collapse of the covering. This information is obviously in these reports as you hear them. And then, there was also this Nice little thing when people speak about the Kiev thing is that the documents state that, quote, high doses of radiation has been discovered in a vehicle near Kiev and on the costumes of the children who had participated in the May parade. The fact that the KGB had informed the regime about the circumstances even before the 1st of May shows that the leadership was well aware of what had happened and about the danger it posed to the public. At the same time, leadership decided to delay the decision to evacuate and proceeded not only with the May Day public demonstration, but with other public events as well displaying the strength of the regime, showing that communism is always with us, and ignoring the people has always been the priority of the party. And this is kind of interesting because, again, in these documents, 
A lot of them had to do with the consequences of the Chernobyl disaster and how they were handled, as well as what measures the regime was willing to take to minimize the rumors they were spreading among the citizens. As we can hear, they were not informed at all. The regime obstructed the dissemination of truth about what had happened. Interestingly enough, I hope that the reveal of these documents will be wildly disseminated more and that the perception of what happened will change. To this day, the Chernobyl explosion is the largest man-made disaster in the world, and in my eyes, these documents expose what actually happened, why it happened, and who is responsible. They make clear that rather than it being a natural disaster, a flawed design, poor workmanship, and, in a certain way, the communist system itself could be blamed for the disaster. I hope that by learning about these documents we can rethink our own security measures and understand that, you know, slacking off sometimes is just not an option especially when such disasters happen. And I hope that in May, I'll be able to make more happier episodes. And I'll touch the Ukrainian election too at some point, and Stalin is still underway, but yeah. With this leak, I thought it was of extreme importance to bring this to you. And I really hope that you learned something in this episode. Please, enjoy if you can. Do свидания, Thank you for listening to The Eastern Border. If you have any comments or specific details you'd like to know, you're welcome to leave it in the comment section on our site, theeasternborder.lv, and we'll rummage even to the western border to find you an answer. Like this podcast? Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or on our RSS feed. Happiness is mandatory. Good reviews and donations feed the farmers of our kolkhoz in the great motherland. The Eastern Border salutes you. This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org for more shows like this one. The Dark Myths Void. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade.